Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. Well, two out of three is right. Two out All of three. is off today. Dora's here. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, everybody. The best two out of three. <laughs> And we've got a the best very, one out of three, and the mean. best one out of three by far. <laughs> Studio looks so much better today with Dora in it. It just yeah. feels brighter, doesn't it? It does. Mm. It does. Paul's Your off. Weekly uh, ray what do you of have? sunshine. Figure skating practice or something this morning? Something. something. I, don't I think know. he's cutting okay. the grass because yeah, now yeah. he's doing it himself. So <laughs> That's right. Eh? He's got to uh, get the out there and do it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, here week. we go. Long weekend. Hoo yeah. Is it the unofficial start of summer? Yes, looking outside, you can see that uh, summer has started in Ottawa. Ish, ish. which <laughs> wow. means all the listings are gone, right? <laughs> yeah, all the listings are gone. The uh, The inventory is uh, is quite low. Um, still. So still quite low. It's uh, We're hoping, as we have come through and, and come out of the pandemic, that we're going to see a bit more seasonality in the Ottawa Real Estate Board. We are seeing that where, you know, through the pandemic, we didn't, you know, whether it was January, February, March, it didn't really matter what was happening. The, the market kept increasing month over month. Um, we're sort of back to a more traditional seasonal market. We're hoping that the... Um, the inventory keeps climbing. We're definitely seeing upward pressure on uh, on some homes in the you know five to seven hundred price point because the inventory is is quite. But if we're going to get inventory, wouldn't we have it by now? You it's would the think, end of May. You would think so, but I think I mean it. The the weather didn't cooperate. We had snow quite late. And uh, um, and I think a lot of people think, you know, in terms of the school calendar, if we look at neighborhoods where, you know, there, there are a lot of families and there are a lot of people who move based on their children's calendars, you sort of think, you know, the, the school year, September seems quite far away away. But if you're thinking right now, the average days on market is about 30. Most people want a closing of, you know, 60 days or so. That all adds up. So if you're thinking of putting your house up for sale... Absolutely. Especially now, after this week, this is the time to do it. And if you're looking for the school year, I mean, you're looking at a three-month closing year at the end of August already. That's right. That's right. And and uh, But... Uh, I, uh, it's, it's a very, very good time to list. The buyers are out there. There's a lot of optimism right now for buyers. Um, there's a lot of people who are well-prepared and well-educated in, in the buying process. So, you know, now for a hot minute, we were, we were looking at properties that had conditional sales based on the sale of another home because the market really was a little slower in the fall and beginning of this year. And unfortunately, the, the days of, of putting in a, a, an offer with a clause where you have the right of first refusal to sell your own home, those, those days are almost over now. They yeah. used to be so automatic. Yeah, it, it used to be so automatic. And I think we're seeing now too, I mean, we're, we are seeing multiple offers on properties, uh, particularly row homes and townhomes in a certain price point. Um, they're not, you know, the offers that we saw a couple of years ago, 50, 80, 100, 150,000 over. I think a lot of agents are doing their due diligence and they're pricing homes at market value. We saw some, you know, some agents in the last few years purposely underprice homes to get a lot of activity. And I don't think we're seeing that so much anymore. Frank loved that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, then the appraisals and everything else. So it's, uh, we're, we're certainly, 
we're certainly in a more traditional market, still very much back to a seller's market. Days on market have decreased to about 30 from about 40. Wow. Um, big, big change. Big, big change. Are you starting to see tire kickers coming in for approvals again? We are and we're not. I mean, we do from day to day, it changes. I mean, there's days when our phone just doesn't stop and then there's other days it's crickets. And it's quite interesting being in the business as long as I have. And, uh, you know, we're coming off a really turbulent week where uh, obviously the inflation numbers came out and, and the biggest cost for the inflation going up is shelter costs. So what we've seen is now the cost of, of running your home is so much more over the last 12 months that instead of inflation coming down this month, it actually went up a little bit. And what it did is it spooked the bond markets. Yeah. And the bond markets went up to the to half a percentage point in three days. So everything that we've seen over the last five, six weeks where bond markets were coming down or we're starting to see the lenders drop interest rates on fixed rates went away in three days, just like that. Did so the rates go up or just rates the bond went market up. went up? No, bond market went up and the rates went up. Now, credit to the lenders, they had – a nice spread. Uh, so most of them only went up about a quarter of a percentage point, even though the bond market went up a half a point. So uh, they haven't taken it all back just yet. But um, uh, again, it's disappointing because we should be at a point now where, and listen, I believe a recession's coming. And now I feel like it's going to be even a deeper recession than originally thought. I just feel like the second half, I'm talking to everyday people, whether it's couples, whether it's individuals, and whether they're renting or whether they own a home, they are struggling mm-hmm. and they're not struggling because they're making any you know, unwise decisions when it comes to spending. They're struggling because the cost of everything that are in their world necessities is Absolutely. keeps going up. Absolutely. Everything. Whether, everything. I mean, groceries, gas, even clothing. Like if you, if you want to, or in sports, activities for children, everything is much more expensive. And I think too, like the, the credit card debt that people are incurring and with, if rates do change again, then, you know, living paycheck to paycheck is, is no fun. For, for anyone. And trying to put money away for a first house is no fun for anyone. And more and more people are relying on credit cards. Any chance they would ever cap the interest rate on a credit card? Well, I don't know that if you really look at your credit card statement over the last 10 years, rates haven't changed. They're at 2499 whether Prime is at 2.45% or yeah, whether no, Prime is at 6.7. but there's no room for them to grow. <laughs> well, wow. I... I was surprised and disappointed that when Prime came down that a lot of the credit card companies didn't lower their rates. I give them credit that now that they've gone back up, they haven't increased them either, but because they were making a an extremely healthy spread. So, uh, again, I mean, I think it's disappointing. We've seen fixed rates go up a little bit. You know, prime rate, there's a maybe a 20% chance that it goes up in June. I don't think it's going to change personally. And then the right now, the uh, the odds are 50-50 that it might go up in July, a quarter point. So, But I think that's a big mistake. If, if, if they... If they increase prime by a quarter percent in July, you might as well start the recession in July. Oh, because I, I think, I think there will be a lot of people who won't be able to afford the homes no. that they're in, right? So anyone who's on a variable mortgage is is already struggling. If the rates go up, I think we we will see inventory climb, but not not by choice. Yeah, which yeah. is well, and the people that are struggling is only going to increase over the next two years, right? Uh, well, again, we've got this two year period, two and a half year period, where people that locked into fixed rates. I've got these really preferred rates and the ones and the low twos and the ones. So they've got another two, two and a half years left on their terms. 
if interest rates are where they are today, two, two and a half years from now, chaos. Like, Absolutely. think about it. Like, someone's mortgage payment will go up to the tune of eight, $900 just on a standard everyday mortgage. So yeah, it can't be sustainable. It can't be sustainable. No. So, you know, I do believe that interest rates are going to come down. Um, I do believe that property values will maintain. And I think in Ottawa, we're fairly fortunate. I think we're not going to see the big roller coaster ride no, anymore. I don't think so. Uh, you know, I think we're going to see our steady increases. And, you know, I did get an email this week of uh, a listener who thought that we were gloating about the prices of homes. We don't gloat. We don't make the prices of homes. We have nothing to do with the price of homes. And I'm not even a real estate agent, but we have nothing to do with the with the values of homes. The market determines what the values of homes are. So, you know, all we're saying is that here's what the value of a home is. I mean, I'd love for the values of homes to be 800 shows ago what it was in the 270 or 280. I'd right. love for that but, to continue. Or, or to be some parity between the, the, the cost of purchasing versus um, salaries and wages, yeah. right? So that's where there's a lot of disparity, but I mean... But only in the last three years. In Ottawa, yeah. in other parts of Canada, it's uh, it's it's been like that for some time. But who mortgage, cares about the rent <laughs> but mortgage payments and rent payments, most people have kind of adjusted to it. Yes. Where they're struggling is everything else. And mm-hmm. I mean, you're getting nickel and dimed on everything today. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, I don't know, is there another carbon tax? I yeah. think I read in July, another yeah. one. Yeah. Come on, like the everyday person, your average Canadian family is struggling right now. Do we really need another tax? Like, like is, that, is that what we've come to today? Our health care isn't, you know, and listen, our health care workers work so hard. Mm-hmm. But they're short-staffed. Mm-hmm. They oh, can't, so short. They up. can't do any more than we're asking them to no. do. So they're- they work extremely hard. And there's nothing more that they well, can do. There's no more money for them to bring on more people. And our population is aging, right? Yes. Our population is aging. I think the, the the number of people who are going to be looking for healthcare is going to increase. And we it's it, it, it too is unsustainable. Why did Dora look at you and I when she said that? Uh, <laughs> well, she looked at you. Don't, do. don't put me in this. She was staring directly at you. I do believe we're in the same decade. Uh, no, um, we were born in different decades. Don't, don't go there. Don't yeah, go there. Yeah. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Doors in for Paul. Frank is here. All right. Maybe you guys can straighten this out for me. Every time I read a news headline, it depends on the slant. They're all completely different. Let me give you three headlines that I saw this morning and and how you can slant things if you want. All right. The family version ones. Ottawa real estate home prices drop eighty two thousand in a year. Okay. Average home price in Ottawa set to decline for the first time in thirty years, and Ottawa housing market on steady upward trajectory as prices up fourteen percent since the end of twenty twenty two. All all of those are true. It all depends on how you read it, right? All of those are true. So we we certainly are seeing an upward trajectory in pricing. We're up about thirteen point nine percent from the lowest in December. And we are down from the peak of 2022. So all of that is very true. It just depends on how you, how you present want to slant it. The That's article. right. It's just how you want to present it. What you want to April, sensationalize. Right? Pardon was me. Was the peak April last year? Uh, was that March? The peak? March 22. March was the peak. March 2022. Okay. 
Yeah. So the numbers should start looking better they as we go year to year better. now. They should year over year as we we drop off um, a year ago, m- prices will, I mean, not prices, but the market will look more favorable. And were you both surprised by the steady increases since January? I, I Not for me, to be honest. I think that there was, there was so much um, ambiguity when it came to interest rates with the market, with what was going to happen. Were we going to hit a recession that a lot of people took a step back? And it was also the first time in two, three years where COVID restrictions were truly lifted and people could just enjoy being. And I think that housing sort of took a back step. Um, as and and that, you know naturally that made the number of buyers in the market less that made the prices have to drop because there were people who were contractually obligated to sell their homes before purchasing the next one and so they were taking prices that were much no lower but are than, you surprised since January that prices have gone up n- no again because I think there is a lot of optimism. Um, and the inventory is low. I mean, the average inventory, five-year average for April in Ottawa is about 2,500 units, and we're at 2,100. So I think it, it only makes we're only sense. only 2,100? Oh, sorry, uh, average listings. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, okay. In terms of what we have for sale right now, 2,700 units. Still under 3,000. Still under 3,000. Yeah. That makes it tough if you're looking for a house. It does make it tough if you're looking for a house and the the majority of people are looking, you know, 60% of the sales happen under 800K. So if you're looking 500 to 800, there's a lot of competition. And now as rates go up, it's going to get even tougher to qualify yet again. Well, again, I mean, I I think it's short-lived, the increase in uh, interest rates we saw this week. It's quarter percent, not the end of the world. I don't think that that's going to make a difference. I think we've seen the big... Uh, changes over the last year, so I think we're we're starting to see the downward trend start. Little blip. Uh, it's a rocky road. The next six months is going to be a rocky road. It's uh, no question we're going to see ups and downs depending on on market. But it it really it just feels like that recession's just around the corner. And I, I hate to say it, but it's going to hurt the businesses that paid the biggest price over COVID, and they're just getting back on their feet. And the restaurants and the service industry mm-hmm. are going to feel it the most. And it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, they paid the price already during COVID. You know, they really struggled. A lot of them struggled. And there, there's going to be a lot of, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but there's going to be a lot of empty spots around moving forward. Uh, it just feels that way. But but even you know, recession, no recession, people just don't have that, that income anymore that they can go out as often as they used to. Working from home is helping. So, you know, as much as, you know, a lot of people are against people working from home, it's at least helping Canadians with, you know, they don't have to spend the money on the gas, which isn't cheap and about to become more expensive. You know, they don't have to spend money on the clothes. But it, again, I mean, for, for all the benefits that that has, the downside is that now retail might pay That's the right. price for it. So now we're going to start to see some job losses and maybe stores closing on the retail side. And and, and there's some not good small businesses that, you know, put their livelihood into their into their, you know, I'm not talking about the big shops, the big corporate. I'm talking yeah. about the family-owned businesses that I can't weather the storm. Well, and who, who rely on foot traffic too, yes, right? 100%. So any any stores or any storefronts that rely on foot traffic with working from home, though it does benefit on some in some cases, it uh, it does put a lot of people at a disadvantage. Yeah, they have to adjust, and I think the small businesses. I hope they're doing it now. They have to get a web presence. Like the foot traffic is one thing. But I think you have to adapt to 2023 where 
Uh, you know, if you can get a web presence and be able to to do online shopping, I think that that will help you tremendously. Yeah, it doesn't help the restaurant business. Now, well, the restaurant business, I mean, they, they benefited a little bit from the takeout, and I still think they're benefiting from being able to have patios outside. But mm-hmm. having them and then filling them are two different stories today because, again, there's a big uh, – you know, I if you go to a restaurant today, it's not – Cheap like it used to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, a person but, minimum fifty bucks. Well, to the go price and of food has gone up because it's right? gone up so the much. Price of so. food has gone up. Their labor costs have gone up too, and so labor's gone up. Food's gone up. Transportation's right. gone Everything's up. Everything's gone up. It's all gone. Yeah. Up. yeah. So, yeah. so it's a little bit of a struggle. Uh, you know, we're getting a lot of phone calls again from people that have got these great interest rates that they took three years ago, and you know they've accrued some debt, and there's opportunities for them because they've also got some equity that they wouldn't have imagined they would have had over what happened with real estate. So. You know, they don't have to be stuck in a credit card debt. There are other options out there without having to break your mortgage. So a lot of people think they have to break their mortgage. You don't have to break your mortgage. You can go into a second mortgage. Is it more expensive to get a second mortgage? Absolutely. But it's way cheaper than having the credit card debt or loans or everything else. And the other part of it is at least you can fix your payments where you can have, you know, it's for most people, the, the key word that I hear all the time, cash flow. Cash flow is the key word today. How much is it going to cost me every month? Mm-hmm. Hard, most people aren't even asking what the interest rate is. They're asking what their payment is because yeah. that's way more important to them than what the interest rate is. Yeah. And I think that's where we're seeing a lot of you know intergenerational and multi-generational living where someone is having mom, dad, uncle, whoever move in with them, A, to alleviate some of the costs for, for their mortgage payments, but also just because um, – well, that's the biggest reason, really. Yeah. It's just to alleviate some of the payments. Have we started to see friends now going in together on mortgages? I have. Than before, yeah. I have. I've, I've got uh, probably about four or five files that are pre-approvals right now where, where it's friends that are buying a property together mm-hmm. just for the next three to five years so yes. that they can get into home ownership and then try to figure it out and hope that they build some equity in that three to five-year period. And maybe they get into their own relationships where they've yeah. got an opportunity to be able to buy their own homes at that point. But I, at least they're in. I have one for sale right now where it's uh, it's it's two cousins that are are selling that purchased a house, a beautiful beautiful house together, and uh, they're there to you know try to get some equity over the next few years. When did and- they purchase it? They purchased it uh, at a very good time. So in 2021. Oh. Yeah. At a very good time. Yep. I still like hearing those stories. Even though with all the yeah. doom and gloom we've been talking about, I like hearing those success stories. There's a lot of there's them. There's a lot. But yeah. there's a lot of yep. there's a lot of success stories, but there are a lot of stories where people who, who were caught and had to sell as the market started declining last year. And unfortunately for those people, you know, they've had to downsize in order to maintain their, their costs. Is it hard to find a smaller property if you're downsizing? Small. I think that's the trickiest thing. So a couple of things. If if you are downsizing and you are moving out from a larger single four-bedroom and you've been there 30-some years, a lot of those clients that I work with, when the realization that moving into a bungalow, which has so much less space is going to be almost an equitable jump, right? So the, the yeah. bungalows the bungalows are are they're few and far between and they're in high, high demand. And so that's, you know, something that we're seeing. But downsizing um, f- because you simply can't afford the payments, that we're seeing too. I think people are being pretty pragmatic about what they want to do, whether, you know, it's experiences, whether whatever it is, mm-hmm. and realizing that having the great big house and, and, and keeping up with the proverbial Joneses isn't everything, right? I like to think of it as less dusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Less- I think we're going to see a lot of condos. I, uh, you know, and I'm, it, it's interesting, even in the outskirts, I'm seeing a lot of these 
four, five-story yes. buildings going yep. up with, mm-hmm. you know, and some of them are rentals, but some of them are, are ownership. And I think that that's a good starting point for a single or a couple, which is priced decently. I mean, they're in the fours, so yeah. at least it's a good start for someone to get into home ownership. But, but we need to see more of them. As much as I've seen some of them go up, we need to see way more of those so that at least it gives the young people hope or anybody who's a first-time home. <clears throat> uh, we're just doing a mortgage right now for a couple that's in their 50s, their first home. They've just never owned a home. I mean, they've been moving around a lot, but they just come to terms with the fact we want to own our own home before we die, so let's just do it. So, 50 is the new 20, I'm telling you. That's 20. me. That's I, you. I'm, <laughs> 50 is the new 20. You Ladies are not and gentlemen, 50. I am 50. You don't look it. Ish. Ish. <laughs> no, no 50. you're not. She's in her 50th year, but yeah, she's not 50 yet. Yeah, yeah. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. You're in for Paul. Mr. Napolitano is here and we go to the phones and say hello to Kelly. Hello, Kelly. Good morning. Hi, Kelly. Good morning. Hi, how are you? How's beautiful downtown Cornwall? (laughs) It's not bad. It's trying to rain, but it's not too, too bad. I may have another couple of hours of outside work, but that's okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's what long weekends well, are for. Yeah, that's what Paul's doing right now. <laughs> Working yard <on>. work. <laughs> yard work. <laughs> that's right. Well, thanks very much for taking my call. I was just curious. I've been trying to buy a home for a year or so, and the mortgage rates, I don't want to say the word variable because I'm getting quotes on fixed rates, yeah. but there's a 1.5% to 2% difference from lender A versus lender B versus how much money I put down versus how much I'm borrowing, and wow, it's just very confusing for me, and I just wondered if you could try to clarify it. As Us silly. too. Trust me. In our industry, it's like, you know, there used to be a day when somebody would call me and say, Frank, what's your five best five-year rate? And I can answer. Today, right. my answer is, well, I need a little more info. I need to ask you four, five, six questions. And then from there, I can tell you what the best rate is. So number one, let's start off with, if, if, if you're owner-occupied, there's one set of rules and rates. If you're buying an investment property, that's a different set. So let's set those apart. Now- right. If you're buying with less than 20% down, because you're going to pay what's called default insurance, which better known as CMHC or their SAGE right. and Canada Guarantee, the three default insurers, because right. the mortgage is insured, therefore the lender has no risk. As long as they check off all the requirements that the insurers want, they have no risk. So that actually gives you the best possible rate. Now, <clears throat> non-bank lenders generally have much better rates than the bank lenders. So- you know, a non-bank lender could be somebody like First National, who's 35 years old, MCAP, who's in you know been around forever as well. So there's a number, Strive, MCAN. I mean, there's so many good CMLS. There's so many good lenders. A lot of them actually get their funding from the big banks, and okay. they have better rates out there So than the big banks do. But the big banks rely on loyalty from their customers. So because they have their bank accounts there, they think their customers are going to be loyal to them. And therefore, they're not as aggressive on the rates. They're not as competitive on the rates as they should be if they can get away with it. Now, from time to time, they can be more aggressive. But you got to ask for it because they're just not giving it to you where with a non-bank lender, the rates are the rates. So they give you the best rates up front kind of thing. So you don't have to negotiate it. And then the other part of a non-bank is the fact that the penalty policy is reasonable versus 
uh, a bank policy, if, if you read the fine print, which you won't understand because they make it so that the, the average person doesn't understand how the penalty is calculated, becomes very expensive. Should something happen in that fixed term that you need to break the mortgage, it's going to be extremely expensive. And in many cases, that's when that customer needs the most support is is because they're going through something maybe job loss, health scare, marital breakup. So they need to sell the home, and instead of being helpful, the bank takes advantage of them even more in that scenario. So how much can these rates fluctuate from one place to another? Up to 1% on the same term. So you can go from you know a five-year fixed when you buy with less than 20% down, as low as 4.5%, to, um, uh, to some banks that, that could be in the mid-fives somewhere. So, so there's a big disparity, like you said. And um, again, it's important for you to shop because – you know, I think the the interest rate is what determines you know what you can afford in some cases. But yeah. uh, what percentage is your down payment, Kelly? Um, well, in in every scenario, it it's around thirty five to forty percent, depending on the price range I'm looking at. So, yeah, I'm definitely not in that CMHC. But category. I'll tell you. So now, lenders, non bank lenders, have what's called an insurable mortgage. So, what they do is, if you've got a thirty five percent down. They treat you like you're less than 20% down, and what they do is they actually put it in their uh, portfolio of insured mortgage. So what they do is they actually – so with CMHC or Sagen or Canada Guarantee, they offer default insurance for any down payment. It's much cheaper if the down payment is larger. So what happens is these lenders actually pay for that default insurance on the customer's behalf because they can put it in a, in a portfolio and sell it off which is what they do. So they get a whole group of mortgages, then they sell them off to the big banks who have all this cash sitting around. So they can sell them for cheaper. So believe it or not, if you buy on a 25-year amortization with 35% down or more, your rate is going to be similar as if you're buying with less than 20%. Wow. So That's only through a non-bank lender because the banks don't offer this. Correct. And that's who I'm dealing with primarily is a mortgage broker right now. So a mortgage broker should be putting you with uh, a lender that has insurable, uh, an insurable purchase at 35% down or more, and your rate should be similar. So you should be in the mid-fours for a five-year fix. And on a variable, you, you should be anywhere between prime minus 0.9 to prime minus 1% in that scenario. Wow. So the same mortgage broker quoting me, and I realize you don't have much detail in front of you, yep. should have a five-point versus a 6.5 fluctuation, calling it lender B versus lender A. That's what I'm getting quoted as. You should be 57 to 5.8% on a variable right now. On a variable. On a variable. And on a fixed, you should be in the 45 Now, I think on Tuesday, they'll be closer to four and three quarters, but uh, because a lot of the lenders have advised us that uh, the rates are going up on Tuesday morning uh, because of what the bond market has done this week. But you should be in the fours, no doubt about it. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Can yeah. I ask you another thing real quick? Yeah. Does my income to my debt ratio play a factor? Because of course. they threw that at me in terms of interest rate, though. Is it being a- well? So insurable and/or high ratio, which is less than twenty percent down, or that thirty-five percent down on a twenty-five-year amortization, is all about qualifying under their guidelines, the insurer's guidelines. So the insurer's guidelines. Uh, so if you're buying a property and you've got the thirty-five percent down, your income, assuming you don't have a lot of out. You know, a lot of other debt. You could have a little bit of other debt, but assuming you don't have a lot of other debt, should be about four times your annual income is what you can get on a mortgage. Okay. So 
So if your mortgage was 100000 you should be able to get a $400,000 mortgage. And then you add the down payment on top of that. So what's the price of the house you're buying or looking at? It's around four. Yeah, so four hundred. So if you've got thirty five percent down, you know my quick math tells me that's about one hundred thirty five thousand dollars. So you're looking for a mortgage of two sixty five. So if your income is in that sixty sixty five thousand dollars range, you should be able to qualify. Yeah, but it's not that much. So that's where so that's where sometimes you need a thirty year amortization to get you over the top. And if your credit's really good, uh, then you can still go through a traditional lender. But now your rate's going to go into the low fives, uh, and if and if that doesn't work, <clears throat> then you have to go into an alternate lender, and that's where you're going to get into the fives and the sixes. Okay. And generally speaking, that's short-term. It's a one-year or two-year mortgage with right. the hopes. But again, there has to be an exit strategy. Your broker should be talking to you about, okay, like is your income likely to go up where you will be able to qualify? Or are rates going to come down enough that you'll be able to qualify? So we're going to go from four times your income to four and a half to five times your income. Is that going to happen in the next you know, 12 months, 18 months. And if that's the case, then at least there's an exit strategy that way. Right. Okay, well, that makes that makes good sense. That clarifies a lot. Good. Well, thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah, right. Thank you. Okay, have a yeah. good day, guys. You do. Okay, show 801. Yes. May I just say that the more I do this, the less educated I feel when I listen to Frank sometimes. <laughs> and I wonder why anybody would want to go ahead and get their own mortgage themselves when there's so many different scenarios yes. and things to look at, and probably more so now than ever. More than ever. And I went to, uh, you know, one of our lenders, First National, put together a seminar this week, and thank you very much. I mean, they had, so they had James Robinson, who, who manages Equifax. So James is telling us some of the trends that they're seeing, some of the things that consumers need to do. So again, we learned from that. We had the OPP come out and actually speak to us as well about some of the fraud that they're seeing, some of the property fraud that they're seeing mm-hmm. and, and, and what the trends are. You know, and I say to my agents, and you know, we, we had a good turnout out of our 85. I think we had 35 or 40 of our agents come out to it. And they look at me, they say like, what are you doing here? You've been in this long enough. And I always say, I'm still learning every day. I, I this think- industry... Yep. You're required to learn every day. That's why we get calls from people who want to be part-time mortgage agents. And mm-hmm. I say you can't be a part-time mortgage agent because there's too many changes too often and your customers rely on your professionalism to be able to guide them properly. And if you don't know what's going on in the market because you're doing this part-time, then you're not you're doing a disservice to that client mm-hmm. and it's not fair. Much like, much like realtors, right? If you don't have a pulse on the market, if you don't have a pulse on certain neighborhoods, on certain price points, on marketing strategies – on everything like that. And day-to-day, week-to-week, right? Day-to-day, week-to-week. And and I think, you know, you really have to listen to what your clients are saying. You have to listen. You have to get to know them. You have to present them with opportunities that are going to work best for every scenario. And, I mean, for a lot of people, you don't know what you don't know. So if you're not working with someone who is educated and can show you different options, you're, you might be missing out on something that you could really benefit from. Yeah, just before we go to the break... Cornwall, Ottawa, long way away. But you can still handle anything in Canada? Is that Anything right? in Canada pretty well. I mean, some lenders have restrictions. Like, you know, we don't have a lot of lenders that do Quebec. I'm not it's trying Quebec to solicit you. I'm just no, saying no, no. that, you know, a lot of times we have blinders yeah. on just think of mortgage brokers, Ottawa as being yep. only Ottawa. Yeah. No, no. We've uh, we've done mortgages across the country. Um, we have referrals for people that want to buy in the U.S. as well. So we've got brokerages that are... You know, a lot of times people are buying in the U.S., I always say to them, depending on where you're buying in the U.S., if that state and or city has a TD Bank, a Royal Bank, which 
you know, you go to the States today, you can see a lot of the Canadian yes. footprint that's yeah. there. Some of these banks have set up there. That's who you should be dealing with because then they've got connections with your Canadian facility here, and that's an easier uh, thing to do than going to a mortgage broker there who doesn't know who you are. And at the same time, if you have a listing that's far, far away, Dora mm-hmm. loves to drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, we service a, a big, a big area around Ottawa. There's <laughs> uh, nothing like driving for an hour and a half to sell a property, well, right? Well, it's uh, you have to go where your people need you. <laughs> well said. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Why are you standing, Dora? You've been standing this whole <laughs> thing. I, I feel like inadequate, like I'm lazy or something. Uh, I will be honest with you. Or, my hip hurts. Oh, really? <laughs> I swear to God. I thought you just like looking down at us. No. Give you that feeling of power like a talk show host. No, you know? I swear to God. It's my hip. <laughs> well, we, we won't ask how that happened. Uh, let's go to the phones. The beautiful Kempville and say hello to Melanie. Hello, Melanie. Hello. Hi, Melanie. How, how's your hip, Melanie? <laughs> More like my back um, <laughs> or my head after all of these uh, mortgage things. So I had a question, and I think this is one of those questions I think a lot of people are asking right now. Um, we're in a variable rate mortgage with MCAP, and honestly, yep. it's been painful. We're sitting at about 5.7%. Yep, from minus one, yeah. Yeah, we're renewing at the end of November is when mm-hmm. our five years is up, and I know we can't lock in right now um, with any other lenders oh yeah with other lenders no but mcap will be probably pretty aggressive with you to keep you if you want to lock in but i just don't think you know if you feel if you feel like the rates have capped so so they've peaked then i Mm -hmm. think it's been painful and listen you gotta admit for the first four years it was wonderful it was wonderful yeah Yeah, just the last year that's been painful and in that five-year period you know, you know, just like the person said, we're not gloating about the prices of homes going up. It's factual. Yeah. Your value went up. You built a lot of equity uh, in that five-year yeah. period as well. And so, paid down a bunch of principal. And yeah. paid down a bunch of it, especially when yeah. Prime got to yeah. 2.45. You were at 1.45 for One two years. Yeah. For two yeah, years. No, so, so you did very, very well. And now your mortgage balance is lower because of that. Uh, yeah. Now. When the rates, when prime rate came down from when you got it, did your payments come down and you accepted, or did you leave the payments the same? No, our payment, like our payments, have only gone up. Everything's no, no, but from when you got it and prime came down. So when COVID happened in 2020, right? Prime came down. Did your payments come down at that time, or did you leave them the way they were? Yes, they did come down. Yeah. So, so again, I mean, you just went with the schedule then, and that's why your payments are higher. Yeah, th- exactly. Yeah. We were able to do some upgrades and that sort of thing, which was lovely yep. um, without having to tap into equity. Awesome. But now Great. it's like, you know, for us, like I looked at MCAP's lock-in offer like not yesterday, the day before, and it was 4.59, and yep. I checked it this morning, and it's 4.94. So Because it's like, the rates went up this week, like the, like I okay. talked about at the beginning of the show, the, yeah. the bond market went up. If your mortgage is up in November, my advice would be sit tight for now. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens over the next four or five months. I don't think okay. prime rate. There's a small chance a prime rate will go up a quarter point. But apart okay. from that, where you're at now is probably going to remain steady right up until your renewal. And then okay. let's see what happens with fixed rates. I feel like fixed rates are going to come down as we get into later in the summer and into early fall. So hopefully the timing will will work out. What happens to rates yeah. in the event of a recession? 
down. So this is where it's going to be interesting, right? So if we start to see rates coming down, then you're going to have a tough decision to make because Mm -hmm. the tougher part is going to be, so rates now are starting to retract. We're into a recession and your mortgage comes up in November. So do you, do you want to go back into a variable and wait for the rates to bottom out or are you going to convert at that time? That's going to be the tough decision you're going to have closer to your maturity date, I think. Okay, so hang tight for now. I would. I would. You're through the worse. Okay. Yeah, and it's just one of those, I'm like, I feel like we keep missing all of these lock-in offers that seem, you know, safer. They feel better. Um, But at the same time, it's like, is that the right decision? Yeah, it could be just short-term. Yeah, and they feel better now versus Prime because Prime has gone up as aggressively as it has, you know, over the last year. So you're right. I mean, you are tempted to take a five-year fix. There's no question. But but if you're in a variable, I think you've gone through the worst period, and I know that you're still continuing to pay higher rates. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel like rates are going to come down, then yeah, you should convert now. But if you do feel like rates are going to come down and we are going into a recession, then I think you might be better off to wait the next five, six, seven months and see what happens. Melanie, do you want to know what I think? Now, I don't have the education that Frank does or Dora, but here's my advice to you. Lotto Max. Lotto Max, yeah. No mortgage. Vegas. That's, Vegas. that's the key. Vegas. Go to the casino. <laughs> well, thanks so much. Really appreciate the advice. Thanks, Melanie. Bye-bye. Boy, it's Bye. tough. Eh? And now you, there's so many decisions to make if your mortgage is coming up within the next year, right? Tough call. It's a tough, tough call. call. It's tough also call. just- If you're in a fixed, you're okay. In a yes. fixed, I will say to you, yeah. your rate is probably in the twos or threes right now. You should be in no rush to convert early. Not a chance. If a bank's reaching out to you to convert your mortgage six months early- if they lock in the rate for you until your maturity, that's one thing. But none of the banks are doing that. What the banks are asking you to do is give up your current rate, which is so much favorable than what they are today, to early renew because there might be a chance that rates could go up. Don't fall into that trap. I think I, I think you're going to regret doing that. Meanwhile, should I buy a house now or are home prices going to come down? Yes, you should buy a house now. (laughs) (laughs) That's a short answer. Yes, you should buy. They're not coming down. They're not coming down. The prices are not coming down. If you follow the graph from uh, January on, it's It's, up, up, up. It's a steady incline. It is certainly a steady incline. And, you know, May, June are typically the busiest months in real estate or have been previously in, in, you know, pre-pandemic years. Um, Certainly, it is a very good time to buy a house now. Yeah, what happens if the bank rate goes up on the 7th? Is that going to slow things down? It may. It may. But I think that people have just become acclimatized to the rates changing. And a lot of people are locked in now for, for a certain rate. So no, they've got 120. If you're looking for a house, if you believe that the prices are going to keep increasing, the if the rate goes up by a quarter point and you're still purchasing today v six months from now and you believe that the prices are going to keep going up, I think you're still winning. And you don't think they're going to go up on the 7th? I don't think they're going to go up in June. I think there's a possibility, depending on what the CPI numbers come in in June, that July could see a quarter percent increase. But even then, I'm doubtful. I, I Again, I feel like we're going to start to see uh, the economy start to slide a little bit. So. Well, I, th- I think, I mean, the the lagging effect is six months yep. later, which is sort of now, right? Yeah, we're getting there. We're, we are getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Birthdays. Actually, you know what? Today, I'm going to do it a little different. Instead of a birthday, I'm going to do, um, I think a lot of people, a couple of weeks ago, there was um, uh, Virginia, who works at my office, and then my cousin Savannah and Renee live on Lloyd Alex. And Lloyd Alex oh, is the boy. street where that young 16-year-old um, drove right into a house. Yes. That house has been deemed 
uh, not livable anymore. Right. And this is a family with four kids. And uh, the neighbors set up a, a, a GoFundMe page. And I want to support that. And hopefully some of the listeners will uh, pitch in. But, uh, you know, if you go to go, GoFundMe, it's Lloyd Alex double L. So Lloyd Alex uh, Crescent Car Wash Victims. Um, car crash victims, sorry, they're trying to raise funds for this family because uh, for those that have ever had to deal with insurance companies, they're not that quick at responding. Mm-hmm. They're not that quick at giving funds. And here's a family of really six, six people that are having but no to, fault of their own, no fault of their all. own. All they were doing is at home Sleeping. and this yeah. car crashes into yeah. their house. So yeah. uh, for the kindness, uh, you know, if, uh, if anybody can donate, that would be awesome. Give it to us again. Lloyd Alex Crescent Car Wash Victims on the GoFundMe page. Car crash? crash. Car crash. Car crash. Oh, my God. Do it again. Do it one more time. Lloyd Alex Crescent Car Crash Victims. There we go. Fundraiser for Rebecca uh, Liu, L-I-U. So, um, you know, they're hoping to raise about 5000 bucks. They're almost about halfway there. So hopefully we can can get that up a little bit. To get Mm -hmm. them a little more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything, Dora? Uh, Nothing from me. Nothing for me. me. You're out out to sell homes today? (laughs) I am out to sell homes today. People are buying homes on the long weekend. People are buying homes on the long weekend. How do we get a hold of you, Dora? Dora at paulrushforth.com. Have a great weekend. Have a great long weekend. And support local businesses and charities, everyone. Please do.